Hey runners, before we get started, just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone that has left us a rating or review over on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews really help us to find new people to help more runners. And it's a great way for you to say thank you for all of the free content that we put out for you on a weekly basis. So if you haven't yet, please go leave us a review, screenshot this and share it on social media so that we can help more people to run their life. Now onto the show. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so running is not the best way to lose weight. Some people might be a little surprised to see this topic, but it's the truth. And this is, well, it's my truth, I should say. There might be people that disagree with me on this one. I mean, you come up bold with a hot take there. You put the hot take right in the title. Right in the title. Um, Coming in hot. So this is what I believe. I, I, I personally believe, and based on a lot of research, based on a lot of personal experience, based on years of working with hundreds of clients, that running is not the best way to lose weight. And I actually think that it's kind of a detrimental, Not I shouldn't say kind of, it is a detrimental way to look at running because I think that so many people get into running to try to lose weight or to get in shape. And I am one of those people. So I will raise my hand because this is one of the reasons I started running. But today we want to talk about why this is not a good way to look at your running and why it's not even actually a good way to lose weight. Because a lot of times what happens is that when people start running to lose weight, it often leads them to train too hard because they only care about burning calories, right? And this often leads them to overtraining, which is actually the opposite of what they want. What they want is to feel good, to get in shape, to lose weight. But when you're overtraining, a lot of times what happens is that your body actually holds on to weight. You actually don't lose the weight. And that's why a lot of runners actually tend to gain weight, especially if they're training for longer races. And I mean, if you're someone that's gotten into running because you want to lose weight, that has to be so frustrating, right? There's just so much frustration and defeat because not only are you not losing weight, but now you're hurt and exhausted in the process. Right. And we're going to get into all the details of this, but you really kind of took it down the attempting to run your way off of however many pounds you've got in your head yeah, and all of the negative spirals that it it heads you towards. Because The the premise of running is not the best way to lose weight. Like that alone is a good starting point. Mm -hmm. But the issue is people are convinced that running is a good way to lose weight. Right. And so if it doesn't start working at first, or maybe it does work very, very short term, right at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. then most runners tend to double down on this. And it's just like, I just need to run more. I need to push harder, more miles, more intensity. Mm -hmm. And and that's not a good way to, well, it's not a good way to train. It's definitely not a good way to train and lose weight either. Yeah. And we're going to get into the more details here, but before we jump into the episode and help you understand why this is a belief we want to break, like if you are someone that has the belief that running is the best way to lose weight, we want to kind of break through that today and help you think a little bit differently and make you start to question that because I think that running is not the best way to lose weight, hence the the title here. But before we jump in, I just want to remind you that we're running our next five-day running challenge. We are redoing this challenge. I have created new content um, that we're going to be teaching you guys during this five-day challenge. So if you've 
joined one of our five-day challenges in the past, you will still get new and more information from this challenge. So if you want to jump in, the title of this challenge is Eliminate to Accelerate. And I'm super excited about it because what we're going to be teaching you guys next week is all the things that you need to get rid of that are holding you back. Because so many times as runners, we think that in order to improve, we need to keep adding to our training. We need to add more running. We need to add more mileage. We need to add more days of training, more speed workouts, more strength training, all these things that we need to add. And it just becomes so overwhelming and it bogs us down and we're real life runners. So how are we supposed to fit all of this stuff into our training for the best results. So instead of telling you all the things that you need to add, we want to start telling you all the things that you need to take away to make room for the things that are actually important so that you can get rid of the things that are holding you back and focus on the things that will actually move you forward. So join us over at realliferunners.com forward slash challenge for our newest eliminate to accelerate five day challenge. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. This it's going to be, be a good one. Um, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves. There are things you need to add because everybody needs glute exercises. Like that's, <laughs> that's an every challenge, every challenge, but, but this one of, of the, the things to get rid of is yeah. super helpful. So yeah. you, you can't feel overwhelmed because you're never going to train well if you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't, it's not that you can't, it's that a lot of people do. And we want to yeah. help try to eliminate that feeling from you guys. So getting back to our podcast topic here about running is not the best way to lose weight. Okay. So the first thing that we want to kind of break down is this idea that you can't outrun a bad diet, okay? Because a lot of people use exercise to try to burn calories and lose weight because they figure, okay, well, if I run, running and cardio and high-intensity cardio like running burns the most calories while you're doing doing it, which is a true statement, right? While you're actually performing the activity, running is pretty much one of the best bangs for your buck, right? Okay. Like you're going to burn more calories during running than you are during a weight training session. Yeah, no, definitely. Right. And certainly more than like any of the other cardio. It's like you're burning more running than you are of the same time period of biking. Right. Because you're not necessarily weight bearing as on, on the bike. Right. And there's more impact and there's just more required of your body. It's a, it's a harder activity for your body to do. So therefore you're burning more calories, which calories are just a unit of energy expenditure. So you're burning more energy running. So so people, that's one of the biggest reasons that people look at running as the best way to lose weight because minute for minute, it's going to burn more calories compared to a lot of other exercise. Yeah. Especially if you go like, you go really hard, you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I can really push myself over a short distance to do intervals. I push really hard for like two minutes and then take a little break and I go another two minutes. I can knock out some really good calories over a pretty short period right. of time relative to the same number of calories you need to be spending like lifting weights. Yeah. And so this is, you know, what a lot of people like when you have this mentality of running burns more calories and therefore running more will burn more calories and running faster will burn more calories and pushing harder will burn more calories calories, you can see how this can lead a lot of people that start running into that trap of overtraining, right? Because if more is better and more is going to burn more calories and more is going to give me more of the, the results that I want, which is weight loss, it leads a lot of people to just start running more before their bodies are actually ready. So it leads them to just feeling exhausted all the time. It leads to increased stress on the body. And a lot of times it 
it leads to pain and injury because they're overdoing it, right? They're pushing hard. They're asking their body to do more than it's actually ready for. And this is where a lot of times people will come to me and say, oh, I wish I could run. I was talking to somebody today on the phone that like uh, on a completely unrelated topic, this was not a running client whatsoever. I was actually calling for a completely different reason anyway. So I told her that I was a running coach and she said, oh, I wish I could do that. And I was like, you can. And she goes, yeah, but like every time I try to run, you know, I start having pain in my knee. And I was like, well, that's just because you're not doing it properly. She's like, you're probably right. I'm like, no, I like, I know I'm right. No, I'm definitely <laughs> this is, right. This is like literally what I teach people through my coaching program. Um, and, but this is what happens. Like people think, you know, and if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, we talk about how most people just go out and push at that like medium to moderate effort level. But if you're trying to lose weight, you're probably going to push even harder than that, right? And so what then happens is that when you're pushing harder and you're just exhausted all the time, the body kind of goes into like survival mode, right? And so a lot of times people are keep pushing harder and they're not losing the weight, which can be just so extremely frustrating. Right. Super, super frustrating. But to go back to how you open this, this particular uh, topic here is you cannot run a bad diet. And part of this goes down to the whole idea of calories in versus calories out, mm -hmm. because you're not wrong in that running does burn a lot of calories right. and you're not wrong in that running faster will burn more calories mm -hmm. in a shorter period of time. Right. Running, Those are all true statements. Running more will burn more calories than running less. Like right. all of these are true statements. Exactly. And so you get people with the shirts on of like, I run for the cookies. I run for the donuts. I run mm -hmm. for the and fill in the blank of food or drink. And it's like, well, sort of, but you can't just fuel yourself with anything because mm -hmm. there's still a level of like health that's involved. You can't just eat garbage all day long and expect that as long as you're running, you know, 15 miles a day, mm -hmm. that everything's going to work out. Okay. Like you may, you know, I mean, you're probably going to end up staying roughly the same weight is really what's going to happen, or you're going to get a end up getting hurt, then lean back on your poor eating habits and then end up gaining weight because you yeah. can't do your, your preferred form of exercise is usually what's going to end up going on there. Yeah. And so what we want you guys to understand is that weight loss is multifaceted, right? Like a lot of people like Kevin was talking about, they think about calories in versus calories out, right? Like as long as I'm burning more calories than I'm taking in, I will lose weight. And in reality, it's just not that simple. There are a lot of people on the internet that want to tell you that it's that simple. And like, to an extent it is, it's not exactly calories in calories out. It's actually energy in energy out and calories is a measure of energy. So people kind of like to make all of these, you know, connections and just say that one is the same as the other when it's actually not. But what we know is that just because you eat something doesn't mean you're actually consume like you're consuming all those calories but they're not all actually going into the body in the same way there's a lot of other things at play such as hormones right like we all have main hormones that control our hunger, that control our feelings of fullness, that control how much sugar is being released into the blood, right? And some of these main hormones are leptin, ghrelin, and insulin. And all of us have different levels of hormonal response to different foods. And that's individualized, right? So when one person eats an apple, they might have a little bit of a different insulin response than someone else that eats an apple. And then when those calories go in, they have to go through your stomach down into your intestine. And when they get into your intestine, some of that, 
you know, some of the nutrients of that apple are absorbed into the body and used, and some of it is excreted as waste, right? And so you're, even though that apple is 90 calories, you're not actually taking in 90 calories into the, the blood, into, into, you know, the different areas of the body. Like, even though that apple has you know, what, 20 grams of sugar in it. I, I I don't know what it is off the top of my head. And obviously it depends on the type of apple and the size of the apple right, and all your, of that. Your calorie count right? is pretty good. But like when, you know, however much sugar is in the apple, I think an apple is more like 30 to 35. Uh, but, yummy. but anyway, um, it doesn't mean that your body's actually absorbing all of that sugar. You might be excreting some of that as well. And depending on your body's sensitivity to insulin, you may or may not have like, you know, the, the amount of sugar spike that actually goes into your bloodstream is different per person, right? And so it's not as simple as I ate an apple of 90 calories in, you know, 30 grams of sugar. There's a lot more depending on your body and how your body processes that food um, that determines whether or not it's used as energy, it's stored as fat, it gets excreted, right? There's a lot of other things going on. Right. It's a massive difference. So the whole calories in, calories out. I mean, you covered the complicated aspect of calories in. You and I both go to the fridge right now. We mm -hmm. grab basically identical looking apples. Yeah. Like that came in the same bag that came probably essentially from the same orchard. So basically the same apple. Right. And we eat it. Both of us are going to absorb a different amount of calories. Mm -hmm. Both of us are going to process those calories different. Like are those calories immediately going to be used as fuel in the body or is our body going to decide to store it? Right. It also depends on like what time of the day we're eating it of like how the hormones have to be working in our body at that particular time yep. of the day. Yep. Like, Do I eat an apple and then immediately head out on the run? Maybe my body's going to be like, Ooh, there was sugar in that apple. Let's access the sugar and immediately use it. Or I eat an apple and I continue sitting at my desk and not moving very much. My apples, my body's going to be like, oh, I don't need to use the fuel. I'm going to store it. All sorts of stuff on mm -hmm. the calories in. Calories out is another thing. You can estimate how many calories right. out you're going to get when you go run. But you and I definitely burn different calories right. when we run the same amount of time, mm -hmm. not even the same distance, the same amount of time, yes. which is a much better way of measuring calories out. But even on that level, you and I go for a 40 minute run, mm -hmm. we're going to burn totally different amount of calories. Exactly. Because our bodies are different, right? And our metabolisms are different. Like my body does better with like higher protein, slightly lower carb and, and, you know, a good amount of healthy fat. Like my, my, like the way that I eat tends to be pretty balanced. Kevin tends to eat more carb heavy because his metabolism, he just burns through fuel so quickly. Yeah. And he, and he also runs so much more than I do, like mileage wise that he needs to eat a lot more carbohydrates, right? And this is why, and this is something that we're not really going to get into today because this is not really related to weight loss per se, but you know, the way that you eat as a runner is not always the way that's that you eat to lose weight. And it's not always the way that you should be eating for performance. And it's not the, the way that you should be eating um, just to be healthy, right? Like some rules kind of have to bend a little bit <laughs> yes. based on your goals, because, you know, fueling as a runner for like a long distance race, you just need as many calories as possible, or you need that, that quick 
simple sugar that, you know, everyone tells you is so bad because it spikes your insulin. It's not good. And it gets stored as fat and all the things, right? But that's what you use during longer races because you need sugar and fuel that are readily accessible, right? So is that the healthiest way to eat? No, like I would argue definitely not. Like those goos are pure sugar, right? Like you wouldn't want to just have those for like a snack, right. <laughs> you know? No one is like, snacking during the day on right. a goo, but people snack on a goo all the time during a long During run. a race, like, right. There was, I think it was a few years ago, one of the big ultra marathoners, the woman that won it fueled the back half of a race on nothing but tubs of chocolate frosting. Yeah. Like that's not a normal healthy diet. It's not a healthy way to eat. Like it's it's not giving your body the nutrients. There's no nutrients right. in it. It was a tub of chocolate. Right. Like that that's what it was. But, but it depends on how you define health too, right? So for right. her, that is a healthy way to eat in that race. In that particular in that, period. Yeah, right. Specific moment because it was fueling what she was asking her body to do. Right. But if you did that over the long run, if you did that day in and day out as just like a normal fuel source <laughs> mid-afternoon snack, right. it goes back to the point here of grab grab a tub and a spoon. It's like you can't <laughs> outrun a bad diet. Right. So if that's if that's perpetually the type of food that you're putting in your body, it doesn't really matter how many calories you're burning on your run as long as that run is, you're not really getting there. Mm -hmm. Which leads to the metaphor I thought on this one is it doesn't really matter how souped up and awesome my car is. And we all know my car is souped up and awesome. When I <laughs> when I came up with this metaphor, I thought back to the car I had in high school. Your geo prism. Oh yeah. That was it was red, but it had faded to like a nice like soft pink. Um <laughs> so my souped up car didn't matter how much it was. If I put water into the gas tank, it doesn't matter how hard I push the gas pedal. It's not doing anything. If I perpetually tried to run that car with the, the gas needle pointing to the E, I'm not going very far. Eventually, that car is going to break down because I'm not putting quality fuel into it or I'm trying to run it always on empty, which means I'm quickly going to get to empty and then I'm trying to grind through off of no fuel. This is a bad way to overall live. And you're not going to, the car is not going to work. And since the car is a metaphor for you, you're eventually not going to work, which means you're broken, which means you can't exercise and then you can't lose weight in any direction. Right. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that takes us to like the next thing that we really want to discuss, which is weight loss versus fat loss, right? A lot of times people this is one say- of your favorites. A lot of times people say they want to lose weight, but what they really mean is that they want to lose fat, right? But they think that that number on the scale is going to make them feel a certain way because what they know right now is that whatever that number on the scale is saying right now, they don't feel good about their body, right? So if that number says... 150 pounds and in their minds, well, if I only weighed 120 pounds, I would feel better about myself. I would like my body more. I would look in the mirror and feel more confident, right? But it's not actually about the number on the scale. It's what you think that that number is going to make you mean. And so it's, if you, I always ask people, if you weighed 150 pounds and you looked in the mirror and you didn't see any muscle tone mm -hmm. versus if you weighed 150 pounds and you looked in the mirror and you could see like sculpted muscles and you could see, you know, um, that you were ripped, quote unquote ripped, right? Like, would that number actually matter to you? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, because most people don't really care as much about the weight loss, especially if you're not, you know, morbidly obese where it's causing health problems. Like where, like when, when weight is, when people are morbidly obese, it can be cause, it can cause other health problems. But um, assuming that that's not what's going on here and that you are of a quote unquote, somewhat normal weight, then 
what can happen is that people say, okay, well, if I lose weight, I'm going to feel better. But I would argue it's not the weight that you really care about. It's it's the fat that you want to lose because what you want is you want your body to look more muscular, to look more quote unquote toned, which mm -hmm. is another topic that we're not really going to go into. <laughs> you want to just look and feel better. Maybe you want to fit into smaller clothing. Maybe you want to fit into clothing that you used to fit into a couple of years ago, right? And so by losing fat, you're going to still achieve some of those things. And there are different ways that you can lose fat that have nothing to do with weight, right? So a lot of times what we see is that people, again, like kind of going back to what we were talking about before, they run in order to burn calories and, you know, pushing harder and running longer is going to burn more calories, again, leading to that overtraining and exhaustion, which actually creates a hormonal response in the body to have us hold on to fat more, which is the craziest thing, right? And this is what we were talking about before of how it can backfire on a lot of runners because when they're overtraining, they're not getting proper recovery, they're pushing too hard and running too long and doing too much, they're, the hormonal response in the body is all jacked up essentially. Like, And yes, that's a technical term. Technical. <laughs> but like your hormones get all out of balance, right? And so this is why it's important for us, like if you're someone that does want to lose weight, I would ask the question of, do you want to lose weight or do you want to lose fat? Because I would argue that you're, you're probably wanting to lose fat more than the actual number on the scale means to you. Right. It reminds me of the line from um, American Beauty where they ask the guy like, what is it? Cause he's, he wants to like overhaul his life and be all sorts of like healthy and fit. He yeah. said, what's your, what's your long-term fitness goal? And he pauses and thinks about it. And he goes, I want to look better naked. And that yeah. I think is kind of the answer is you're talking like yeah. lose weight, lose fat. Mm -hmm. So like most people would prefer the way that their body physically looks mm -hmm. rather than care. If, if they like the way it looked in a the mirror, they would be far less concerned about what the number says on a scale. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that's it. Like looking better naked, I think is definitely something looking better, you know, both with and without clothes on is what we all want. We want to feel confident in our body. We want to look at ourselves and feel good. And we just, assume that if that number is smaller, I will have that feeling. And unfortunately, what happens a lot of times is when people lose weight and don't actually get to the core of their body image issues or the core of why they don't feel good about themselves or you know their body, it doesn't matter what that number is on the scale. Then that, then that number on the scale has to keep getting smaller. It has to keep getting smaller. Just like if you if you don't understand why you have a certain running goal, then that time on the clock needs to keep getting smaller also, because yep. once you hit it, it's, you're still not satisfied. I still right? feel empty. So still I have to lucky. go faster. I still, I still don't like myself. Mm -hmm. So the number on the scale must just not be low enough. Exactly. And you're like, Oh, I, well, I thought the number should be 120, but maybe it's even lower. Maybe it's 115. And, and this is where people end up getting into eating disorders and disordered eating habits, right? When they are constantly trying to restrict and to cut calories. So what we want to talk about today is how to actually lose fat, right? Because I'm guessing that's probably what most of you on this, you know, listening to this episode, you would probably, if I gave you the two options, you can lose fat and keep your weight the same, or you could lose weight and your fat would stay the same. So you still don't look toned. You don't, you still don't look toned. You, your body essentially you looks the, the same, same percentage of body fat, but, but the number is minus 10 on a scale, right? But you look basically the same. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, if, and if you guys are following me on Instagram over at real life runners on Instagram, I would love for you to, to DM me and let me know which one you would choose. Um, but talking about how to lose fat you know, running 
can kind of help help with it, but again, not the best way. Not running is not the best way to lose fat. Um, the best way, in my opinion, to lose fat is through strength training. Okay, you're going to burn more total fat if you combine running and strength training because when you build muscle, we want to increase like. Strength training helps us to increase our lean muscle mass. And when we increase our lean muscle mass, that increases our resting metabolic rate, okay? Resting metabolic rate, that means that when we're just sitting around or lying around and resting, we're actually burning more calories at rest because it, our body requires um, more energy and more calories to help feed you know, blood and oxygen and everything to those muscles just to keep the muscles healthy. Right. So your, your running is going to help you actually burn calories while you do it. But in the moment. As you pointed out, like I, this is why when we were on the last section, you kept saying in the moment so many right. times. It comes down to this point is strength training increases your lean muscle mass, mm -hmm. which helps you burn must burn energy, burn calories, if you will. Not necessarily as much in the moment, but afterwards, mm -hmm. as you are just sitting around, you're right. burning more calories just sitting around. If you've spent some time increasing your lean muscle mass, mm -hmm. you, which is not coming through running, it's just exactly. not, it's predominantly coming through your strength training. Mm -hmm. Like people are like, oh, but I run hills. Does that count? Not the same way that legitimate strength training is going to do it. Right, exactly. And, you know, the other thing that strength training does also when you combine strength training and running is that it helps to prevent the loss of muscle mass that can occur with running alone because if you oh, are the double only, whammy yeah if you're only running you can you're actually losing muscle mass people think oh it'll help me get stronger if i run kind of right running helps to strengthen your cardiovascular system so it strengthens your heart it strengthens your lungs it strengthens the way that the blood flows throughout your body but and it does strengthen muscles to a point but once you are kind of strong enough to run it's it, it can actually lead to a reduction in lean muscle mass because especially if you're overtraining, especially if you're not fueling your body oh, properly, definitely. <laughs> then your body actually starts to break that muscle down because it needs fuel. All right. There was actually a study done in 2012 where um, they, they took a look at people that were overweight and people that combined aerobic exercise with strength training actually reduced their body fat percentages by more than twice the amount compared to people that only did aerobic exercise, which is a really big factor. Right. Because you're losing weight. The people that did the combination aerobic and strength training probably did not lose as much weight, but they also gained the increased muscle mass. Right. So their body fat percentage definitely went down, which you decrease your body fat body fat percentage, it's going to do an overall change to the way that your body looks. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily going to be reflected as much. Those who were doing aerobic exercise only may have actually lost a couple of more pounds on the scale. Possibly. I, I don't, we'd have I don't, to go back and look right, at all the details. Check the details yeah. of that thing. I also love that they started with overweight. Cause you know, that if it was a 2012 study and they used the word overweight somewhere, the BMI was being studied off of this group of people, which yeah. has all of its own issues, but reducing body fat percentage has to do with dropping body fat, obviously, but also increasing lean muscle mass in comparison. So you're just overall going to change the look of your body head to toe, which mm -hmm. I think is going to be a win. Right. Well, it's a win for the people that are trying to have this as a goal. Yes. Right. So 
how to lose fat. So number one, strength training. Okay. You need to be strength training. You need to be building that lean muscle mass. Number two, you need to recover. Okay. You will need to allow your body enough recovery because when you recover, you actually allow your body to build more muscle because during strength training, your body breaks down. We actually break the muscles down and then it, it is in recovery and nutrition, actually getting the protein in there that the body builds back stronger and builds those muscles stronger than they were before, increases your muscle mass, increases muscle fibers, all of the things, right? So um, recovery is extremely important. And it is also through sleep and recovery that our hormones actually get regulated because if we are not sleeping enough, then our, our hormone levels that go through a natural cycle throughout the day are all thrown off. Okay. And so by allowing enough sleep and recovery, we help to keep our hormones more regulated, which allows our body to burn the fat more as fuel and not kind of dip into, um, our muscles and our bone and other issues that we don't want it to take all. All right. So you open with strength training, which mm -hmm. increases lean muscle mass, but you right. can't increase lean muscle mass unless you actually take a pause and a recovery after the strength training right. session. You can't just keep grinding it day upon day upon day. Mm -hmm. You need to give your body time to come back and actually build the muscle. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is the regulation of hormones, which prevents your body from thinking that you're just always fasting at all times, in which case it will always just hold on to anything you put into it. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many other hormones at play also. I know there's a lot of nuance yeah. to this thing. Right. And so this is obviously very surface level in this podcast episode but you guys, are, you know, you understand what we're saying here. And then of course, number three is nutrition. Okay. Like we, you're going to need to dial in your nutrition if you want to lose fat. So you're going to want to be eating more whole foods, less of the processed high sugar, high fat um, types of foods. You're going to want to try to avoid, avoid foods that are inflammatory for your body. And that's different for everybody. It's not like there's one food out there that's like super inflammatory. You know, there are people that, are, that will tell you that dairy is inflammatory and that red meat is inflammatory. And you know, it depends on how you define inflammatory. And I also believe that it's different for every single person, right? Like there are some people that can eat dairy and not have any sort of problems. And there are other people that can like smell an ice cream cone and have a, a reaction in their gut, right? Like it's a little bit different. And that's why your individual gut microbiome is extremely important. Going back to what we were talking about earlier and the way that you digest those foods and the reactions that those foods have in your body with the different hormone responses that they cause in your body, that's going to determine how your body processes those foods and what it uses, you know, how it takes those food and foods and then uses them for energy. Right. You you point out there's only there's not one inflammatory food. You remember that ad that used to pop up on so many websites? It was all over Facebook as you scrolled through like years ago. That was like this is the one inflammatory food. And then it would show the like weirdest picture of like someone's stomach with like worms crawling out of it. Ew. The answer was always tomatoes. It was always tomatoes. Well, that was that. I mean, that's what that one doctor is like built his entire brand on. Right. But you couldn't actually get to it. You, you, I saw an article on it that was like, what is this ad talking about? It wasn't mm -hmm. the ad. It was an article that was like, what is this ad? And they had gone through and they clicked themselves down the entire rabbit hole. Right. And like 12 clicks later, they got to that doctor whose answer was don't eat tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, and it's, <laughs> you know, because of the different, the. Um, I can't even think of it now, but there's like some, some sort of well, the answer was always tomatoes. It was tomatoes and then other things as well, but it's because of the 
um, I can't even think of the word. There's a part of the tomato that was like inflammatory and terrible for your gut, according to this this doctor. And he's built a whole multi-million dollar brand <laughs> that, around it. That was his answer, that there in fact was just one anti-inflammatory an food. It's not leptin. Leptin is the hormone. Leptin's the hormone. There's, a, it's a, there's another L word. It'll come to me later. We're going to get this in 20 minutes. She's just going to yell out an L word. It's going to be great. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, and then the other thing about nutrition, if you want to lose fat, the answer is stop dieting. Okay. Like when I look at diets and diet trends, there's a difference, right? Like between having a diet and then being on a diet, in my opinion, like having a diet is just what you choose to eat, right? What you choose to eat, what you choose not to eat. And how you plan that out for yourself. But dieting itself in this mindset of restriction often leads to underfueling, often leads to people depriving their bodies of the things that they need, especially if you're trying to build muscle. When you're trying to build muscle, the last thing you need to be doing is like restricting and cutting your calories by extreme amounts because your body needs, especially protein, but calories in general to help build stronger muscles. Is it important for you to cut a little bit of calories if you are trying to lose weight and lose fat? Yes, it is because although the calories in calories out model is a little too simplified, you do need to have an energy deficit for you to lose fat and lose weight. Okay. But being on a diet constantly where you're just restricting your body, that all of that slows your metabolism down. And that's not helpful when you're trying to lose weight and lose fat. Right. Your your key here is that you want to keep your keep your resting metabolism. Yes, there's the calories that you can burn by actually just going out and running, but we covered that in the first one, that you burn them while running. Mm -hmm. That increase of resting metabolism, which is coming from the, the increase of your lean muscle mass through strength training, through proper nutrition off of that, that's going to be the key for most of the hours out of the day. Like Think about how many hours of the day you're able to run. Even if you really crank up your mileage, mm -hmm. what you're running a couple hours a day, right. Like maybe you're doing 12 to 14 hours a week. Well, you're bringing you're seeing, a ton of miles. Well, I mean, real life runners, we're right. talking like one to two, right? right? Exactly. Like 30 minutes to two hours, possibly on the weekend, right. right? Like that's not that much time when you're looking at your entire, the number of hours in your week. Right. Like the number of hours in your week is way more. So increasing the calories that you can actually burn during with a higher, an increase on your resting metabolism, mm -hmm. that's going to be a, a much bigger key here. Yeah. And then the third point we want to talk about today is weight loss and race training, because this is one of the biggest mistakes that we see people making. And one of the most, the things that leads to the most frustration and defeat when it comes to weight loss. Yeah, so, you started this a little bit earlier. I was like, oh, no, hold on. This is a great one. This, oh, this is where, this is, this is one of the things I think is going to resonate with most of you listening to this episode. So basically what we want you to do is pick one, okay? <laughs> Either choose that Right now, I want to focus on losing weight or, you know, maybe we've kind of shifted you to losing fat, right? That, that That's what you want your goal to be or race training. Don't do both at the same time, okay? One of the biggest mistakes we see people making is that they try to diet and race train at the same time. And this so often happens when people have this mentality of like, I need a race on the calendar to yep. stay consistent, right? So, okay, wait. So let's back up. I want to lose weight. So in order to lose weight, I need to run. Good. In order to run, I need to be consistent. In order to be consistent, I need to have a race on the calendar. Great. So I'm going to train for a marathon so that I can lose 
lose weight, right? Like this is right. The thought cycle that a lot of people go through, even if it's not a marathon, maybe for you, it's a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon, right? But it's, I want to lose weight. So I have to train for a race because I need this race to stay motivated. But the real goal here is weight loss. The real goal here is not the race. It ends up being the race, right? Like this is one of the, the, the big shifts that a lot of runners make was like, you get into running to lose weight. And I made this shift a long time ago, right? So I can I can speak to this. You, you get into running to lose the weight and then you actually start liking the running. And then you're like, oh, well, I actually do want to do more races and I want to see how fast I can get, right? And you want you kind of start to to shift over to that side of things. But originally, you know, going back to like, okay, my goal right now is to lose weight. So I sign up for a race. What happens a lot of times is that people are trying to restrict and cut calories and increase their mileage and race train at the same time, which leads to a lot of underfueling. So they're training, they're, bo- they're putting their body through all of these miles and strength sessions and all these things. So they have no energy, they're not getting faster, and they're tired all the time because they're not giving their body the fuel that it needs to be performing at that level. Right. The problem is the the mental shift didn't quite go. Mm-hmm. Like all of your steps there of, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to run. I need to... I want to run consistently so that I can continue to lose weight, but in order to be consistent, I need to put it on a race. That's fine. All of those steps make logical sense. But then as soon as you sign up for the race, if you then want to try to race the race and and see like how hard you can push yourself, now you got to follow a totally different plan where you actually are fueling yourself appropriately. But even if you don't want to race it, like just just increasing because a lot of times what happens is that people choose race distances that they've never done before. Right, so they then choo- you have to increase the mileage. Right, they choose longer race distances. Okay, fair so, enough. So maybe that right now you go out and you run three miles three times a week, and you're mm-hmm. like, you know what, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to sign up for a half marathon because yep. if I'm running three miles now or nine miles a week, at, and I'm at this weight, clearly if I'm running twenty miles a week, I'm going to be I'm going to be able to lose weight. Right, like solid answer, but. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like it makes sense. If we're talking about calories in, calories out, burning energy, burning all these things, that logic makes sense. So I understand why people think this way. And especially if if you're someone that thinks this way, it doesn't mean that you're stupid. It just means that like, like that logically makes sense. But when we actually look at the details and we actually look at what your body needs to perform well and how we need to fuel our bodies as athletes, as runners, how we need to strength train and build muscle, it it doesn't end up working out that way. Right. Because if you're increasing your mileage so much in your example from three Mm -hmm. miles a week, and then suddenly you're training for a half marathon, that's a whole heck of a lot more miles. Now you're, you got to make sure that you're getting an appropriate fuel before your run. If it's a super long run, maybe during a run, Mm -hmm. if you're doing speed sessions and strength training, you want to make sure that you're getting in quality fuel afterwards to build the muscle and all this stuff. You're looking at yourself like, well, okay, if I try and oversimplify this to calories in, calories out, I'm doing a heck of a lot of calories in. Right. So that doesn't work. So why don't I just stop the calories in, mm-hmm. but continue doing all of the extra miles, all the strength training, all this stuff. Well, now you're not fueling your body at all. Right. Now you've, you're race training, but you're still fuel, <clears throat> excuse me, fueling yourself as though you're at three miles a week. Yeah. Take some water. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an, there are so many people that I've talked to that when they train for a half marathon or a marathon, especially if they've, if they've never done it before, they're like, why am I, why am I gaining weight right now? This is so frustrating. Right. And a lot of it is 
the things that we've been talking about. Number one, you have to eat more. Like you just have to eat more. And a lot of times, especially with marathon training, people are hungry all the time because it's hard to get all of those calories in at the same time. And so when you're that hungry, you oftentimes, especially if you're not planning out your meals and your food ahead of time, you kind of grab for easier things, which oftentimes tend to be like in the pantry, which happen to be like higher calorically dense foods and foods that don't have the protein and the same nutritional value that your body needs. So you're not actually getting in the vitamins, the minerals, the micro and macro nutrients. So you're just hungry, right? right. And if so it, you're if eating it crinkles more. before you eat it, it's probably not right. it's nutritionally dense. So you're eating more. And then the other thing is your body actually needs to hold on to more of that energy. Your body needs to be storing glycogen and glycogen holds on to water. So you're, you have more water weight on your body as well, because you need to have fuel for those longer distances. So that's just one of the adaptations that your body needs to make in order to prepare you to run 13 or 26 miles or even more if you're doing ultras. Yeah, hundred percent. Like if you're signing up for ultras, just dear God, make sure you're fueling yourself. Please like, eat. That is a terrible plan. Yeah. Like marathons and ultras is not at all a good way to try to lose weight. No. It's like the opposite of what you would want to do if you want to lose weight. Yeah. Like if you try and if lose that's weight, the primary goal. Right. If that's the primary yeah. goal. If the goal is like, if you are substantially overweight, you could actually well fuel yourself during marathon training and probably lose some weight Mm -hmm. along the way. But if you are of a normal size, like a normal average size, and you train for a marathon and fuel properly, which is before and after, you're not fasting for your runs, you're you're eating throughout the day so that you're not going crazy at any point in time, you're not going to lose weight. You'll probably increase weight a little bit during the course of your marathon training. Yeah. And that's where runners get super frustrated because they're going into this trying to lose weight and they end up actually going the opposite direction. So choose one. Okay. Choose if you, whatever, and it's, it doesn't have to be permanent. It's this for this cycle, right? Like we talk about good point. We we talk about training cycles and training blocks, right? And we like to work in 90 day cycles here at real life runners. And, And really, if you're trying to lose weight, you really shouldn't be cutting calories for much longer than 12 weeks. I'd, I'd argue that that's even too long, like for you to be restricting calories, because that's when your body starts making your metabolism starts slowing down. Really, if you're doing a cut where you're trying to cut calories and cut weight, you want to that cut should really only be like six to eight weeks, 12 at the max. Um, so working in those cycles is really, really important. So if you want to lose weight, if that's what you want your primary goal to be, focus on your nutrition and then maintain or even decrease your running because you want to focus on protein intake, especially and muscle building with weight training. That's again, it's going to increase your lean muscle mass, which is going to increase your resting metabolic rate, which is going to help you lose weight and lose fat more effectively. If you're focusing on weight training and eating in a way that's going to help you know, help you to lose weight, focusing on your nutrition. Right. And if you want to train for a race, actually train for the race and fuel your body appropriately. Yep. Fuel before and after. Don't run fasted. If you're not fueling properly, you're going to hit some point late in the night where you're just like, all right, anything in the pantry that's not tied down, I'm going to eat that, which is probably not going to be the best choices that you're making. So make sure that you are fueling at all times when you are, when the goal is to race as best as you possibly can, Mm -hmm. you can, you got to start that with fueling as best as you possibly can. Yeah. You know, we always talk like when people come into the academy, we make them choose one goal. We're like, and this is like, you know, building one bridge at a time. Like if you have 
two islands that are separated and you're trying to get from one to the other, do you think you're going to get there faster if you focus on building one bridge or do you think you'll get there faster if you're trying to build two bridges at the same time? Like we all, obviously we know one bridge is going to get us there faster, right? Because all of your construction materials, all of your resources and time and effort will go into building that one bridge. So you're going to get there faster. Same thing goes with um, our training cycles, focus on pick one goal. Everybody comes in and I'm like, okay, so do you want to run longer or do you want to run faster? And they're like, I want to do both. And I'm like, that's great. And there's time for that. But if you're going, if you are trying to run longer and faster at the same time, it's going to take you longer to achieve your goal. So if you choose one, focus on that one, build that bridge, then move on to the next bridge, you're going to have more success. And the same thing goes with weight loss and running. If your goal is weight loss, focus on that for 90 days and then train for your race, right? Or if you've got a race coming up that you love doing every year and that's you know what is in the next 90-day cycle for you, focus on the race and focus on your performance and feeling good and fueling your body and doing things that are going to support you feeling strong during your race cycle and feeling strong during that race. And then if you still want to lose weight after the race, then you know go through a cycle where you, you focus on that. Yeah, the uh, the trying to lose weight in race training reminds me of the story of these two guys are in a rescue boat. Yeah, and they're out in the middle of the sea, and the one guy's paddling along, and the other guy is in the boat. He goes, "This is terrible. We're never going to get there. Like we're we're just going to die out at sea." And he goes, "No, no, no. We're we're going to paddle. This is going to be great." And so he just keeps paddling, and suddenly over his shoulder he hears drilling, and he looks behind him, and the other guy has a power drill, and he's drilling a hole in the bottom of the boat. He goes, "What are you doing? We're going to drown if you drill it." He goes, "No, no, no. Don't worry. I'm only drilling on my." side is like well you can't have part of you trying to be able to run a race while the other part of you is trying to cut as many calories as possible because the whole you is ultimately going to drown yeah yes yeah. come on I, I thought it was a quality story i've never there. heard it before you've never heard that no, one I, no, I, don't I, worry i'm only drilling on my side no you are just like, you so right, you have well, to pick one you're like you're striving towards a race or you're you're trying to cut weight, but you can't be working both simultaneously yeah. because you're just, you're not going to be able to drag your malnourished body across the finish line. It's not going to work. You're going to exactly. break down. Exactly. So we hope that this episode has helped you guys to see this topic a little bit differently. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So come over to Instagram at real life runners and send me a DM there and just let me know what your thoughts were on this episode, because I love to kind of see if these episodes are helping you, if we helped you to kind of think of things a little bit differently or help you see why you're feeling this way, right? Like if you are someone that found yourself um, un like trying to lose weight and race train at the same time and you're like, why am I tired all the time? Why am I not getting faster? And, and you're listening to this episode, you're like, oh, maybe that's why, right? Like having some of those revelations can be so powerful. So I'd love to hear it from you guys over on Instagram. And like I said, don't forget about our new five-day running challenge, Eliminate to Accelerate. You can sign up over at realliferunners.com um, slash challenge, or just go to our regular homepage, realliferunners.com, and the button's right there on the on the front homepage as well. Um, so we hope to see you guys in that challenge. We kick off next week, uh, November Monday, November 14th through the 18th, um, and then we'll be giving out more information. If you are interested in joining the Real Life Runners Training Academy, we'll be open opening that up for enrollment next week as well. So we're making some changes to the academy. I'm going to be running 12-week 
group coaching programs in the academy focusing on racing or focusing on different um, goals. So more information on that to come. Um, so make sure that you're on our email list. Make sure you, you come over and join us for that challenge because the challenge is free. We want to just give you guys information to help you get rid of those things holding you back. And then if you want some more coaching and some more help, then you'll have that opportunity to join us inside of the um, training academy, which is our group coaching program. Um, if you want some more you know, some more help with everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's an excellent setup. If you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, come sign up for the challenge. Yeah. Um, and as Angie already pointed out, we're going to open the Academy at the end. So like, there's definitely going to be an option to buy into the Academy, but if you just want some fantastic information, come join the challenge because yeah. the challenge is going to be fantastic. It's, it's what, five days of five days. quality podcast information. Yeah. I mean, if, even if, concentrated. Well, if you guys think the podcast is helpful, what you get in the challenge with coaching is even more so. Okay. So if you want to take, there's more interaction with us. We love to, you know, answer any questions that, that come up for you guys. We love to, um, we've got a private Facebook group that we love to interact with you guys into. So if you want to come hang out with us next week, we would love to, to have you. Um, and yeah, so I think that's it for today. Mm-hmm. So let us know all those things and we will see you guys next week. We'll talk to you here on the podcast next week. We appreciate you. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, here's another quick reminder to go over and do that because that helps more people find the podcast and shout out to the people that have left us some recent reviews. We've got um, a few new reviews there. So we're really, really appreciative of those of you that took just, you know, 30 seconds to a minute to just go in and leave a quick review, tap that five star button. If, if you found this helpful um, or share it with a friend, you know, maybe, you know, someone, someone that has been making these mistakes in their training and, and this episode could be really helpful for them. Um, hit that share button and let them, let them hear this, you know, like coming from someone else other than you, maybe sometimes <laughs> is, is very helpful. Right. So as always guys, thanks for joining us. This has been the real life runners podcast episode number 280. Now get out there and run your life. <laughs>